We're old enough to remember when Bitcoin hit almost $20,000 before crashing down to the 3000 range. Ah, those were the days. Well, the naysayers are saying nay less often as Bitcoin continues its march back to all-time highs. It's being called digital gold by Mike Novogratz, a safe haven by Anthony Pompliano, and very profitable by MicroStrategy. The same can't necessarily be said for Ethereum, as it may be difficult to replicate the 2017 altcoin bull run, and the CEOs of three tech giants are called to testify before the United States Senate to discuss big tech and censorship. This is a censor-free zone, so you mother better and do the thing there and tune in for this censor-free bad news episode number 456 of the bad mother crypto podcast five four three two one zero who's bad We've offended everybody in our censor-free zone. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Com, who never curses. I thought I thought this was the bad <laughs> crypto bad podcast or whatever. <laughs> I'll see your bleep and raise you one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta get it, Travis. Too. Right? I cannot bleep things. I'm doing well. This is some good stuff here, Mr. Joel Com. We got some serious news. We have some funny news, and this is. The very last bad news uh, before the world burns on on uh, Tuesday, the election day. Yeah, it's not our last show though. There will be a Sunday night show. Yeah, which well, it's not is our last show. It's our last news show before the world burns. It is the last news show. I, I don't think the world is going to burn. I see, think some people, you know, will maybe have a cookout. Some, some people, people will do some things. Some people will do some things. I think uh, some people might light a fart. You know. Mm-hmm. I got my riot gear ready. I'm going to peacefully protest everywhere. But Sunday night, episode 457 is our episode with Nadav Zemer. And that was the show uh, we recorded an interview with him about education in the digital age. Really great interview. And you guys aren't going to want to miss that one. But for now, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Coin Analyst. They're an AI-based big data info and analysis platform. It's super cool. It contains all the cryptocurrencies, STOs, and ICOs worldwide. Basically, it lets any trader in the crypto asset sector and other industries access a simple dashboard. It monitors, it analyzes sentiment, trends, patterns, weak signals. All of this happens in real time from the markets. And you guys, yes, you can get a free 30-day trial of coin analysts by going to badco.in forward slash coin analyst really easy to do badco.in forward slash coin analyst their ieo is extended to the last day of this year december 31st and if you go to our website and go to the show notes where you will find the links for all our stories as well as links to our sponsors you'll discover a 20 percent discount code that you can use after your 30-day trial to coin analysts and that's at badco.in forward slash four five six so check out coin analyst and with that said let's go to the news timestamp october the 29th 2023 p.m mountain standard time almost uh, we're we're still standard right we're going to daylight time on um november 1st right don't the clocks change again 
Ah, yes, it does. The time changes. And then nighttime becomes earlier. It, it Everything goes back an hour, right? Yeah. Which is ridiculous to me because why would we want one more hour of 2020? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get this damn thing over with. Come on. We just, let's just speed it up. Can we go to like some <laughs> astral, you know, savings time where we just speed it up two months or something? That maybe was the funniest thing you've said all week. Well, thank you very much. I probably borrowed it from somebody else. Coingecko.com, the place where we go to check the crypto markets. The cap currently $404 billion. Bitcoin is at $13,507. Ethereum, $389. Tether, a dollar even, doing exactly what a stable coin should do. XRP, $0.24.5. Bitcoin Cash, $269. Binance Coin, $29.81. Chainlink. Number six at eleven thirty-two. Polkadot four dollars seven cents. Litecoin at number nine fifty-five dollars even, and the number ten spot filled by the little Bitcoin fork that could, but probably shouldn't. Bitcoin SV one hundred sixty-seven eighty-eight. Now, Mr. Jokam, this has been an interesting week because you know Bitcoin did really well. Bitcoin popped up over thirteen thousand, got almost to fourteen thousand, but a lot of the other coins didn't really move as much. And I think that's what happens a lot when Bitcoin takes a, a big run. Uh, people are pouring their money in that. But Ocean Protocol, that was up 36% this week. Filecoin up 21%. Quant up 16%. Vite was up 13%. Nexo 9%. Kusama 8%. See, these are not big, these are not big gains for the week. A Celsius network actually up to $1.29 now with almost a half a billion dollars in market cap. That thing has grown substantially from when i sold it at 11 cents uh also five percent no big losses for the week either i mean the worst of all coins down just under 20 percent. there's several of those but um really not much to speak of in terms of movement this week we did see earlier uh in the week that bitcoin got up to about ten thousand seven or thirteen seven fifty so you know moving towards you know, closer and closer to uh, reaching the all-time highs once again. And of course, the question a lot of people are asking is, are the alts going to be following in its wake? And we'll actually cover that in a story here in a little bit. One person who continues to have faith in Bitcoin is Pomp, Anthony Pompliano. And he is continuing to say that Bitcoin is the ultimate safe haven, saying that uh, the data shows that BTC is leaving macro assets behind so this is uh you know if you're investing in the stock market your stocks could be up but bitcoin during this economic downturn um has outperformed stocks bonds gold oil and pretty much everything else yeah i mean we had that big tank early in the year right when corona hit right and bitcoin went down to somewhere around 3600 3800 and here it is now ten thousand dollars more than that so if you had got in at that point and said you know what wow this is all crazy i'm just going to put some money in bitcoin you've tripled you know you've, you've maybe in some cases maybe more than tripled depending on when you got in or when you got out that's 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 i mean that's that that is what it is and all oh, the fact that it was that people look at it and go oh is that twenty thousand? and then it went down and what to do and then blah 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 but yeah it's volatile but it's all depends on when you get in and if you got in at 20 grand and you got hosed, well, that sucks, but you could have bought some more at 3800 and done that price cost averaging type of thing. Do to do and blah, blah, blah. That's right. 
A billionaire Mike Novogratz, who we've mentioned on the show many times before, is another one who remains bullish. He says Bitcoin is a store of value like digital gold, and it's unlikely to be used as traditional currency for the next five years. And it, honestly, I don't think Bitcoin is easy to spend. I th- I do see it as, uh, you know, a place to hold, a reserve, a safe haven like gold. And, uh, you know, the, unless you've got like a card like uh, CoinZoom offers, right? Something like that where mm-hmm. it's, it's in your account and you use your debit card to spend it. It's really not spending Bitcoin. It is. It's coming from your Bitcoin account, but you're spending it in the form of fiat. Mm. It is. And, you know, and I have one of those cards and it's really, you know, one of those uh, one of those cards that allows you to switch crypto into fiat and i use it literally every day i've stopped using my credit cards like why do i want to why do i want to create more debt whenever i can just utilize some of my assets now what would be really interesting which is i don't know it exists yet is like um a crypto DeFi sort of a card where it's like all right i'm going to store a bitcoin over here but i'm going to get some die tokens and then i'm going to convert those to cash that way i can keep my bitcoin and not spend my bitcoin that could be an interesting play but right now, I just got to I just sell a little bit of Bitcoin, top up my card, put a hundred bucks on my card, pay for whatever expenses I'm going to do. Uh, or the other day, I had to get a laptop, and I had to put a whole lot on that because that was a big expense because my computer is about to die. It's like warping; the battery's warping on the MacBook. So, got this new Asus ZenBook, which is pretty awesome. It's got these two screens on it, badass. But um, super handy. I use crypto to buy it. I was like, I, I pretty much use crypto to buy pretty much everything, including the rent and whatever else i need to pay in hookers and blow i don't i don't do the hookers and blow okay just checking thought maybe i would have caught you there but no marijuana and uh other things that's good we we keep it you know decent here at the bad crypto podcast crypto is not bad gang but you know people still look at me funny after more than three years like we're approaching three and a half years of doing this and i tell them the name of the show and they're like crypto's bad I'm like no it, it's it, we do a lot of bad dad jokes you know right. it's, crypto's not bad i i don't regret the name though i still think the name is i'm well, still I think it caught, it caught on and people like it and, we, and it allowed us a little bit of uh, opportunity to have some levity yeah. within the show and it and, encourages people to stay bad oh that's the yeah episode the show damn it that is good dang the show's over now well you know nova novograd said this you know and uh, he is super novo he is a good guy uh no longer debate if crypto is a thing if bitcoin is an asset if blockchain is going to be part of the financial infrastructure it's not if it's when and so every single company has to have a plan now and more and more companies are having a plan banks are evolving there was a really big thing that happened up uh, this week which i don't even know that we have it in uh, on the news but uh, Caitlin Long launched a, the Avanti Bank in Wyoming this week. Uh, and, and there's more stuff that's popping up around these, these banks that are evolving to deal with crypto and be crypto banks. And we're going to see more and more of that. And traditional banks are going to go away. I'm already noticing that a lot of banks, they don't longer have as many tellers as they used to have. They have just a couple of tellers. They have these electronic things that you go up and, and you don't even have to deal with people anymore. And so soon it's like banks are going to be inherently completely different than we've been used to. Digital currency is the thing. I mean, this whole COVID scare around the world, who wants to use paper money and, um, you know, want to make it be easy to use. And uh, the the ease of use is getting there through technology, through resources like CoinZoom and Crypto.com card and some of those other things, make it easy to use your crypto. Well, Trav, it looks like 
there is some uncertainty as we approach the end of the month because $750 million in Bitcoin options are going to expire uh, tomorrow. Today is Thursday as we're recording this. They expire on Friday. And is this is a big expiration of options. And so this means, of course, the holders of the option contracts have to adjust their contracts either uh, before or right after, which can cause some volatility in the price of Bitcoin. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. Are we going to see a spike up as they close out? Are we going to see, you know, a drop down? By the time you listen to this, you might have the answer. We're from the past. You're in the future. Yeah. Who has the answer? $750 million in Bitcoin options. That's a lot. And uh, so what is that going to do? So that's like the last Friday month. That's just in a couple of days. That's on on the Halloweens. Well, no, it actually, it actually expires on Friday. Um, so, the, oh yeah, the Friday of the month, the last Friday of the month yeah. is when it expires, not on the so, last day of the month. So there you go. So you guys tell us what happened. Yeah, we, we don't know yet. We don't uh, know yet. But we, we, we will know next week because we are pastists. We have twenty twenty pastist vision. It is the bestest vision of the past. We can tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> We're great right. at telling you what happened. We're not good financial advisors to tell you what's going to happen because if so, we would be way more wealthy and probably have stopped the show by now. And we'd be financial advisors. I wouldn't stop the show if I was wealthy. I love doing the show. It is fun to do the show. I don't want to. I don't want to leave our great fans. You know what's yeah. so great? It's like I, I wish. I look forward to having events again to be able to run into our fans and talk to them in person. That's one thing I missed. I know. Mask up, Trev. Oh wow. Mask up. Uh, you know, some people are seeing a lot of profits from their investment in uh, Bitcoin and our friends at Cointelegraph.com, which is the most widely read publication, crypto publication in the the world. world. You know, we talked a lot about MicroStrategy um, investing a lot in Bitcoin. They've made several big purchases and they did it at the right time because they uh, they've made a ton of profits. Their average Bitcoin was at eleven thousand one hundred and eleven dollars. 38,250 Bitcoin. And so they're already up over a hundred million dollars from that. Yeah, here's the big takeaway on this one, Mr. Joe Com, is that according to according to the research, MicroStrategy has only earned 78 million in net re- revenue or in income over the last three and a half years. So they're taking their their uh, big treasure chest of cash and buying Bitcoin. Uh, created more profit in two months than they've had in three and a half years. I bet um, their CEO, Michael Saylor, is happy because initially in 2013, he said Bitcoin's days are numbered. You know, one of the ones that was declaring it dead and uh, he changed his tune. You know, Peter Schiff, when you coming along for the ride, dude, I mean, even JP Morgan is hopping on board. Um, You know, I don't know where Warren Buffett's at on this right now, if he's still calling it rat poison or not. Rat poison squared. Maybe rat. it's rat, rat poison quadrupled now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so check this out. This is uh, the highest weekly close since early 2018. With us seeing Bitcoin hit up around 13,700. That right there is huge. And looking at the stats and looking at the news here, they say that once it passes like 14,000, that is a big resistance point. Once that's once that resistance is gone and it's trying to pop it away, then the next one is 20,000. So if we bust through 14,000, we could see 20,000 in relative short order. 
I think I saw Mate Greenspan tweet that. Is that where you saw that as well? That uh, if it if it breaks through fourteen, I saw I saw several different. I don't know exactly where I saw that, but I did know that fourteen thousand something, fourteen thousand two hundred, or I don't remember the exact number, but that's where the resistance point is, the upper 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 barrier of resistance. When when that's gone, twenty G's is coming up after that. Did, did you just call it the Huckleberry of resistance? I don't know what I said. It sounded like the Huckleberry of resistance. I think I, it is the album. Yeah, I, I sort of I Biden that up. I apologize. I think you should. I think that you just coined a phrase that could totally kofefe and and become a meme meme of mm. its own. The Huckleberry of resistance. Uh, you know, if you go back in the right family tree, many many you know generations, and then you move forward through that tree, you might find a Turner right. And Turner writes for Coin Telegraph. Turner Wright writes, and wow, all that, that was a, that was a segue that took you words. Yeah, there. many words to set up a piece that has nothing to do with the fact that you could guys could be distant, you know, cousins ten times removed. I don't know. Well, probably not because my biological last name was not Wright. Well, there you go. You just ruined the whole seg. Turner Wright is, is not related. <laughs> hey, maybe Turner Wright's adopted also. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're all kind of related, right? Somehow, if you go back to, you know, the beginning, uh, you got to figure mm-hmm. there was, there, whether they were Adam and Eve or not, that yeah, somehow. The land bridge was still connected from Siberia to Alaska. Right. <laughs> I'm going to get to this damn story here on Cointelegraph. All right, all right, all right. A uh, crypto holder who is anonymous completed the largest dollar value Bitcoin transaction in history. Uh, mm. This person moved more than $1 billion for a fee. Actually, is $1.15 billion, 88,857 Bitcoin. The fee was $3.00. In 58, you can actually see the block 654,364 and talk about, you know, being puckered, your sphincter being puckered when you send that transaction. Oh my gosh, how many? That that is the first thing I'm thinking of is the sphincter clinch, right? I'm going, oh God, like, because you know, they probably said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and send 0.1 Bitcoin over first before I send 88,000 Bitcoin over. And oh my God, like, I'd be sweating. I would be, I'd, I'd almost be crying. I'd be like, please get there. Please get there. Oh dear God. I probably wouldn't send them all at once. Right. I would probably, I would probably send a few different transactions to make sure if I screwed it up, at least I didn't screw up the whole thing. But Mm -hmm. I would imagine if you're going to send that many, then you have some trusted advisors around you in several sets of eyeballs confirming every single character in that address before you push send and everybody confirming it that it's you'd have to gosh i would be so scared well it got there once it it arrived i would be like oh yes i knew it uh i'm still a billionaire uh (laughs) non-billionaires uh hey here's a cool piece of news i found mr joe com so nasa you know NASA, the uh, the space Spacey. organization, the spacey mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they apparently have discovered a very large asteroid, and within this asteroid, there are some rare metals. Rare earth metals is what we normally call them, but when they're on an asteroid, I guess they're just rare metals. But they're saying that it's worth ten quintillion U.S. dollars. That is a one with. Lots of zeros, three, six, 22, nine, 12, 22 15, zeros, 
18, 19 zeros. One and 19 zeros. That is a lot. Wait, did I do my math wrong? 15, eight. you're right, 19 zeros. Um, it is a, they're calling the asteroid 16 psych. Oh, <laughs> it's probably an April Fool's joke. Oh, we found a rare metal asteroid worth 10 quintillion dollars. Psych. <laughs> yeah it's but like somewhere. how do they know do they, what they, so so hu the hubble space telescope's out there but does it have like some sort of rare metal scanometer well, thing or what yes the the um tracy becker one of the study's authors and a planetary scientist at the southwest research institute in san antonio texas said we've seen meteorites that are mostly metal but psych could be unique in that it might be an asteroid that's totally made of iron and nickel so you can make a lot of five cent pieces i mean they don't even make nickel out of nickel anymore right even make, no, they don't. They make it out of zinc. Yeah. Which is good if you have a cold. I guess, you know, if you have a cold, rub nickels all over. <laughs> rub nickels all over your chest. You're Be like, uh. so, so check this out. So we just noticed that the total uh, Bitcoin or the total crypto market cap was 400 billion. And so <laughs> 10 quintillion, that is 25 million total crypto market caps. 16 Psyche is the only known object of its kind in the solar system, and this is the only way humans will ever visit a core. We learn about inner space by visiting outer space, and uh, I don't know, you know, this thing is somewhere in an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Hmm. So, you know, book your trip now to 16 Psyche, and uh, maybe one yeah, day... Yeah, they're actually going to send this discovery, a NASA discovery mission, Psyche. They're going to launch it in 2022 on top of the, the SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket. And it looks like they're going to be flying there, and hopefully they'll be able to uncover it. They're going to orbit the probe in early 2026. And, uh, yeah, I think they actually what's it is, is um, they use this thing called the Space Telescope Imaging Spectrograph, this ultraviolet spectrum data. They did analysis on it and said, wow, this is mostly iron. This is mostly metal. How cool would it be if they could, like, Kind of connect onto it and then sort of like use some thrust device to like land it on earth and be like papa look at all this basically what do they say it's ten thousand times uh that one thing is ten thousand times the global economy of 2019 wow all right make a lot of buildings out of it it's going to be huge we're going to make asteroid buildings everyone's going to love it everyone knows it it's going to be magnificent like always as long as it's not a giant hemorrhoid, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> asteroids. They should actually call asteroids, like hemorrhoids should be called asteroids. It would make more sense. <laughs> because of where they are. <laughs> <laughs> Truth and medical terminology. That's what that yeah. would be. Speaking of huge, Mr. Travis Wright, huge. Uh, the, uh, the Trump campaign website was defaced by crypto scammers. What's this all about? Yeah, so the site went down um, on the what was on the twenty seventh or the twenty eighth. It went down briefly. They were able to take the site down, and uh, they popped up a, a spoof of the FBI. This site has been seized. The world has had enough of the fake news spreaded daily by President Donald J. Trump. Wait, wait, it says spreaded. Spreaded. <laughs> it says it actually says spreaded, not spread. Yeah, they didn't like capitalization. They don't like periods. I think they hacked it and said, oh, shit, let's type up some stuff. This is what we got in. <laughs> um, 
But it seemed like the site wasn't down very long. It was like poof, it was up, then poof, it was down, and then poof, it's back up again. So eh, it, I don't know. I wonder. And then, then again, that Monero is private, so we wouldn't know exactly how many transactions went to that address or what addresses they went to, right? So yeah, it's uh, better than Bitcoin, I guess. In that case, if you're going to hack trackable and unhackable, at least at this point. So uh, anyhow, Travis, you and I and the team are part of the advisory team for Electronium. And uh, we've been following them since the very beginning. They just put out some news that they are the first crypto to work directly with a company called LockTrip. They're a blockchain-based discount travel site. You know, right now, uh, so many people use TripAdvisor or Expedia or, you know, Hotels.com. This is a European-based online travel booking agency offering up to 60% on a discount on hotels around the world. And so now you've got a crypto startup partnering with them. Um, and I think that's pretty cool where people will be able to spend their ETN as a direct payment option. Um, there's 4.1 million electronium registered users out there. So that means they can start mm. booking flights and accommodations around the world with LockTrip. Yeah. Now, the website, I don't know if LockTrip has been updated or not yet. It is LockTrip.com, but it says pay with crypto, pay with Popular cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, USD Coin, Litecoin, and now Electronium. But that's not been updated on the website yet because that news is fresh off the press, y'all. Yeah, I think it starts on November 13th is when you'll be able to use oh, okay. the Electronium there. But these guys are building up, you know, one of the reasons we agreed to be advisors with them is because we see what they're doing. You know, they've got anytask.com, which is um, a competitor to uh, to Fiverr and Upwork. And, you know, uh, people can get paid in crypto to, to do these tasks. And now... Um, you've got the ability to book trips. This is real world adoption stuff. This is the stuff that we've been talking about that is necessary in order for crypto to really take off. And uh, we're getting there. We are getting there. And there was some there's some other really fascinating pieces of news here this week, not necessarily crypto related, but it is it, it does impact us all because. There's been a lot of censorship going on in the space of social media. There's been a whole lot of stuff going on. And yesterday, Congress said, actually Senate, I believe they had a hearing where the big social media giants had to come and talk about why they've been censoring people and, and what's going on. And, and you and I both both watched some of this. And uh, Ted Cruz, he, he went ham all over Jack Dorsey, didn't he? He, he did. He, he destroyed him. I mean, first of all, Dorsey does not look well. Like if you looked at his pupils, they were dilated. Like I'm like, this dude is is ripped right now. He looks stoned. He's got this long, you know, beard that looks like he's been out in the wilds. He looks like Rasputin. His his face color was not looking good. Zuckerberg looked, you know, like a bot, like he always does as well. Uh, but you know, in particular, uh the video, and I think maybe we can find this and link it to you in the uh, the show notes, producer Aaron, if you can find the video of Mr. Ted Cruz hammering Jack Dorsey, um, was saying, you know, look, whatever you think of the president, I, I don't care which side you're on. I would have felt the same way if they had censored, you know, somebody I didn't vote for, right? If they had done this with Obama and censored his stuff or marked it, you know, with some sort of label and not left it in the context, that it was delivered, I would be upset about that. They have no business 
doing that. It is not their job to moderate the 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 content. Um, you know, the rules aren't being broken. And um, Ted, let um, Jack have it. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, regardless, the, you if you pay attention and you just like, so I'm I'm really a moderate. I mean, I lean more to the left. Uh, if I'm going through the, you know, what my politics are, the political spectrum, if I do that political compass test, like I lean to the left, not authoritarian at all. I, I'm all about freedom, but I'm on that lower left quadrant. The upper left quadrant is the more authoritarian side of things. And uh, I look at this stuff and I go, man, it's just crazy. Like here it is, the the oldest newspaper in America, the New York Post, the fourth largest paper in America they're able to go in and say, mm, we're not going to, we're not going to share your information. And their account is locked. They can't tweet right now. Like they haven't tweeted since the 14th of October or something because they've, they've locked their account. Now, just as a, as a, as a, as a viewer, a bystander who looks at this and I say, wait a second, whenever somebody hacked Trump's tax returns they were all over the free that was trending on twitter you can't make sense of this it's it it doesn't make sense it's it's blatant um censorship it's blatant political advocacy and it needs aristocracy it is a political technology aristocracy it is a technocracy now where these guys like neither one of these guys i even believe like they've they've they we've like we know that zuckerberg went to college for a year and then here you have then you have Dorsey. I don't know what his education level is, but you got these two guys along with the guys from Google who, you know, were heavily educated at Stanford and indoctrinated. And here we are banning political opinions they don't want because they they have more power than most countries in the world do. And here they are subverting democracy by blocking information. I think it is atrocious. In fact, if this would be the 1800s, uh, they would probably have had a guillotine on them. You it, wouldn't just, actual, not just have a hearing. You're gonna you're going down because you're subverting shit. It's actual election interference. It's indisputable. It's not even up for debate. If you if you attempt to debate this, you've already lost because it's yeah. obvious as the day is long. And you know, it, it just here's another thought just around this whole thing, Travis. Uh, there's a lot of people right now that think that their lives depend upon what happens on election day. And I I tweeted this today. No matter what happens, winners are going to keep winning. And those who are losing and think that it's somebody else's fault that they're losing, they're probably just going to keep losing. (laughs) The government isn't going to save you from losing. Winners are going to win. Losers are going to lose. And so we encourage those of you in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, regardless of your political preference, be a winner and say preference right. Right. Well, it's not just that. It's that the winners win, and then the losers blame the winners for them not winning. And the losers That's what's happening, and it's like, oh, it's like the the uh, the participation trophy generation is now finally facing a little bit of challenges and disappointment, and they don't know how to react. Their feelings don't know how to sort of handle disappointment or get when they're not getting their way. It's a new thing for a lot of people. It's like they're always used to getting their own way. And if they don't, they get a participation trophy. They may not have won, but hey, it looks like it's kind of, I kind of won. It's not happening now. And well, it's freaking if I had my way, we'd move on to the next story. Well, you don't have your way because this is a technocracy. Give me a give me a trophy then. 
Okay, you can have a trophy. I stole this from a kindergarten. Let's go around the world, see what's going on in Asia. Apparently, there is a new trade management platform in Japan to prevent data tampering. And guess what they're using? Yep, that's right. Blockchain technology. There's seven companies that are investing in this new data management system. And uh, this is going to prevent third parties from uh, malicious third parties from tampering with recorded data. Participating companies include Toyota Shusho. Uh, Sampo Japan Insurance and some others I can't pronounce here, a major Japanese bank. And so, the, you know, we bring this in not because you're all in Japan, because, you know, maybe there's just a couple of you there um, or this is going to impact you. But the point is, once again, all around the world, blockchain marches on. And surely everybody listening to the show understands that. But I think bringing up these um, practical use cases of what's happening is just helpful to remind us that we are not in a bubble here in this blockchain world. You know, this the the show and the, the those of you that listen to the show and other crypto shows, yes, you're still in a minority. But we, you know, this is not a bubble. This is happening all over the world. It is. And domo oregato, Mr. Robato. Also, I would like to say, also in Asia, China, uh, they have, um, well, we know the coronavirus was, you know, originated there where the outbreak has happened. But due to that, in China, blockchain has, has been adopted more now for charities because a lot of the charities in China are not trusted. And tens of millions of dollars has been raised to help Wuhan, that city in China. has got 11 million people there. And uh, to help them sort of recover from that the, from the outbreak, however, charities in China are not really trusted, and so Alipay, which owns Alibaba, they're one of several Chinese finance and tech firms that are looking to blockchain to verify that Corona charity donations are going where they should be, and that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And as long as we're there, this seems to be the around the world in Asia segment. One more piece here in Singapore, their biggest bank, DBS, is now launching a crypto exchange, the DBS digital exchange that allow people in Singapore to trade in BTC, BCH, Ethereum and XRP fiat to crypto. Again, it's happening everywhere, folks. It's very exciting to be part of this because, you know, there's people that are like, oh, I wish I would have gotten in on Bitcoin at 2000. I, you know, I believe in the future and in my non-financial advisor hat that people are going to go, oh, man, I could have bought Bitcoin at 20,000. Damn. Man, I could have bought urine finance at 40,000 and now it's 11,000. Man. <laughs> That happens too. <laughs> you know, Brad, we we referenced earlier that in uh, 2017, the uh, Ethereum and the altcoins uh, kind of tracked with the Bitcoin run. But right now, we're really not so sure if Ethereum is going to rally the same as Bitcoin is expected to. You know, that's one thing that happened. Seriously, in 2017, Ethereum went all the way up to, I think, right around $1,500 per coin. And here we are. What's happening now is Bitcoin is at 13.6 or whatever, and Ethereum has fallen off. Ethereum's back under 400 now. And so it did rise over 400. Now it's below 400. I think last I just saw that, that Ethereum was 385. Bitcoin is 13, about 13.5. And so it is definitely falling. And uh, the, the, if you look at the dominance just overall, Bitcoin's dominance right now is huge. It's it's you know, it's 
very large. Relatively, I think there's, you know, besides altcoins that are outside of the top 10, there's other altcoins inside the top 10 that have suffered way more. You know, for example, Bitcoin Cash, its all-time high was $3,785. It's at $267 right now. That's down 93%. That's, I mean, yeah, Ethereum might have hit 1500 but even today, Ethereum is, you know, almost 400 more than Bitcoin Cash. So uh, I think that's that's pretty good. And if you're one of those Bitcoin cash buyers at that all time high, ouch! Like, yeah, to me, it's like that's what created a lot of the craziness in 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 fall and winter of 2017, 2018, because everybody who had some Bitcoin now had all this Bitcoin cash, and then Bitcoin cash was worth three, four thousand dollars at some point, and all that money got poured out. Bitcoin cash and then it went into all these alts. The alts stormed up to these ridiculous highs. Then the bottom dropped out because everybody sold and took their profits uh, that they earned from their Bitcoin cash. And so Bitcoin cash is not, you know, one of those premier coins, even though you see when people take crypto, they take Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash, Litecoin, Ethereum. Those are the main four that are normally accepted. Sometimes you see Tether, sometimes you see some other you know, uh, stable coins, but those are the main coins that are accepted. If, if a vendor is going to accept crypto, it's one of those. And, uh, so if you're looking at price to, uh, you know, Bitcoin cash to Bitcoin, uh, on its own, I mean, that's the, that's one of the largest gaps ever. Like that's, I mean, 200 and something bucks to 13,000 bucks. Like that's huge. That, that is huge. Well, Lord Travis, Wright. Actually, I want to call you, sir, Lord Travis, Wright. It just feels more lordy when i put a sir mm-hmm. in front of it <laughs> good go ahead you may uh let's go down the nft rabbit hole here for a moment you know we're seeing that um nfts are really picking up traction it is my personal belief again with my non-financial advisor hat on that that nfts are the next DeFi, right DeFi were the next um stos from that craze stos were the next icos and so on and so on and so on there's always this big um, you know, awareness that comes to a new market and then people get all hyped about it. And I think we're seeing signs of it. We covered a story here recently about Christie's and how they auctioned, um, you know, a, a piece of art that went for what, $130,000, 40 piece mm-hmm. series called Portraits of a Mind. And it auctioned by Christie's auction house for $130,000. And of course, this shakes up the art world, shakes up the uh, the blockchain world, and it brings a lot of attention to the mainstream of this idea of digital collectibles. Yeah. And Ben Gentile, the, uh, the artist who's based in London, he had this to say. He says, I think that not since the Renaissance have we seen such a shift in power back into the hands of the artist. And I say that because Gutenberg's printing press allowed artists to print editions and that allowed them revenue streams that they could control themselves from their own studios. And so that right there is really big. Like, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations with Vesa, who was one of the first, you know, big crypto artists. And um, a lot of fun stuff is happening here. And, uh, you know, art and NFTs is just a big thing. And not only art, but digital collectibles. Yeah. In fact, we uh, we announced at our uh, Blockchain Heroes Hero Report, our community meeting on Wednesday night, which hap- if you guys want to have some fun, I mean, this is not like a show that we put on. This is we invite 
our community into the Zoom with us, you know, and it's just, it's a blast. And we do these every Wednesday. Um, you could sign up to be part of it. Just go to our telegram, t.me forward slash BC Heroes. But last night we announced something really exciting with a, a video, a trailer teaser for Blockchain Heroes 2. Uh, first Strike, our new series that's going to be coming out in December. You know, the first series sold out in uh, in less than 20 minutes, and there's a lot of uh, attention we've got in our Telegram group. Uh, let's see, 1,270 members, and we're really fortunate that people embraced Blockchain Heroes and what we're creating for this next set, Travis. Uh, we're so excited. It's so badass. It is, I would say... You know, it, it, it takes what we did in, in series one and it really elevates it to the next level because as we've mentioned, I think as you mentioned on the show, is in what your son Zach has mentioned is with series one, most all those characters are based on individual people. So it kind of look like them, they're, they're humans, they're, you know, but when we're talking about villains, especially when you're talking about things as nebulous as the Federal Reserve and some of this other stuff, then those can actually be like represented by really cool looking creatures. And so they're not sort of humanoids. Some of them are just really badass creatures and they're coming along. And I would say we're about, I don't know, 50, 60% done with the artwork now. And um, that's going to be popping out in December, actually on my, uh, what would be my parents uh, almost 40th anniversary or something, I believe. Oh, how about that? There you go. On December 15th. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we talk about this stuff every weekend on our other show, the Nifty Show. It's every Friday. We do it live at nifty.show forward slash YouTube or nifty.show forward slash theta. Theta.tv is decentralized live streaming. So we love when people support that as well. And um, this, let's see, we're live on Friday, which some of you might be listening on Friday right now. Join us live we've got several guests from the nft space from the gaming world from the collectible world um coming up in uh, next week's episode we've got um the the fred chedney chedneys i you know i'm sorry fred i can't remember your last name but from atari because atari's getting ready to launch nfts on wax blockchain there's so much stuff happening on wax guys i mean i know we can only yell it from the rooftops so much but we're going to keep doing it because we have found a blockchain that is fully functional that brands are coming to and wax is like three and a half cents which just boggles my mind because you've got coins in the top 100 that are still you know here's our here's our white paper and this is what we're going to do one day and you've got wax that has tops and is now has atari and has other brands such as ourselves building and selling product on it and it's like number 150 in market cap it just bum fuzzles me Bum, bum fuzzles. Is that something we should censor? My fuzzle got bummed. Oh man, I'm sorry about your bum getting fuzzled. That actually made it sound like a fun time. Come join us for the Nifty Show. It's a nifty, fun time, and it's live on video. So for those of you who are confused, which is which, when you hear our voices, because sometimes that happens, you'll, that'll you get your bum fuzzled. It'll yeah. be good. Right on. Before we head out, would you guys like fifty dollars in Bitcoin? Because we'll give it to you. Yes. All you got to do. All you got to do is go to eToro, folks. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. We talk about it all the time. You listen to the show, you can create a diversified portfolio. For over a decade, eToro has been around. They were huge in Europe before they entered the U.S., and they've been killing it here in the U.S. Zero percent on commission trading. 
in um, on eToro. You can check it out. And uh, if you sign up through this link, badco.in forward slash eToro, and you fund your account, uh, then and then you prove that and send us an email to badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. We will verify and we'll send you $50 in Bitcoin. Mr. Joe Combo will do it himself and he will send it with love. We will verify. We will sendify. We will Bitcoinify. We, we will love say thanks for listening. We love you and we hope you love us or at least like us or at least tolerate us or mm-hmm. maybe you don't even know who we are and you're listening anyway. That's good. Thanks for tuning in. And if it is your first time, then there's only one thing that you need to know to take along with you until after you subscribe, after you subscribe, after you subscribe, there's only one thing you need to know after you subscribe. There's only two things you need to know after you subscribe. And after you like, there's only three things you need to know. You need to subscribe. You need to like, and you need to share. Okay. Okay, So four things, four Four things, four things. And it's remote control. And that's all I need in this pack of gum. You need to remember to stay back. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. This episode is numerically sequential, 456. It's very nice. Easy to remember. This episode brought to you by the numbers 4, 5, and 6. This paddle ball, remote control, and this chair, that's all I need. I need this. I need this ashtray. This, this dog. You're, you're a you're a hero. I'm gonna call you hero, Misa. That dog not a hero. You call him shithead. <laughs> Come here, shithead. <laughs>